I know some people listening to this are thinking, you know, there's there's no way that mindset makes that much of a difference. But I'm telling you, it's probably the biggest thing. You can have all the tactics in the world, but if your mindset's messed up, you're not gonna be able to get past these stumbling blocks. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of houses a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. What's up, everybody? I just got off of a podcast with Ryan Smith. He runs LeadSmith now, just quit his full-time job uh, to go all in in LeadSmith. He's worked with me for about three or four years in Blackjack, and it was just amazing to hang out with him and talk to him and see the growth that he's had over the last four years and his mindset and the way that he thinks about things, uh, money, impact, community, culture, all that stuff. It was so much fun. And we got to share a couple of tips and tricks about how to do some niche lists. He is a master marketer. So I know you guys are going to have a great time on this podcast. I'm really excited about having him out at Flip Hacking Live. And I know that you guys are going to ask me for his contact information. And I realized right when we got off that I forgot to give it out. So um, what I want to do, even in the beginning, just write this down. You're going to want to reach out to him and talk with him, I'm sure. It's ryan at leadsmithre.com. Ryan at leadsmithre.com. So um, hang out with us. We're going to talk about niche marketing. We're going to talk about marketing on a shoestring budget. How can you do this stuff? Tell, tell Ryan's story a little bit. He's a military guy. It was a lot of fun hanging out with him. I've known him for years and just to see his growth has been incredible. So um, I'm excited to, to have him and I'm excited for you guys to see him at Flip Hacking Live this year in uh, San Diego. So without further ado, here he is, Ryan Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the House Flipping HQ podcast. This is Bill Allen. And today I've got a real special guest for you. Um, I know uh, I know this guy really well. He was uh, He's worked in my company for years now, has uh, doing a little bit different things in the marketing world. He's kind of uh, taken a couple of these different uh, real estate groups by storm. People are talking about him and his business and all the unique and creative things he's doing in the marketing side of things. Uh, so I'm really excited to bring him on. He's a really good friend of mine. And I think you're going to get a lot of value from this podcast with him. Uh, so welcome, Mr. Ryan Smith. How are you doing, Ryan? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, well, about an hour ago, I sent Ryan a text message and I said, hey, Ryan, why don't you, uh, what, are you what are you doing this afternoon? Uh, you want to jump on a podcast with me? And he said, uh, yeah, sure. What time? Uh, is it a video? All this stuff. So um, yeah. I, I appreciate you go jumping on at the last second. And, um, and I just said, you know what, it would be really cool if we came on in here and talked about uh, I've been bringing on some of the staff in the company recently and then uh, some of the other people that are uh, coming and speaking at Flip Hacking Live and things like that. I just thought it would be nice, you know, for us to talk a little bit about um, your journey and some of like your path through real estate and uh, obviously what you were doing on the side too, because you've been doing this with a full-time job for a long time. So uh, before we get started, why don't you tell us just like a little bit about your background? Like what's, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of like who are you before you got into this real estate thing? Yeah, um, so I was in the military, active duty, um, up until 2011, and I got out, and uh, I continued to do um, stuff in that same space. Uh, I wasn't in the military, but I did a lot of training for the military, and um, eventually that led me to Pensacola, and you know that's where I met you, and I started getting into uh, real estate investing, met you, and uh, you know that's how we met up, and. For a long time there, I was teaching military and also doing the investing thing on the side. So can you uh, share what you were doing with the military? 
Yeah, I worked in the intelligence community. Um, and what made it difficult for, for me to do both jobs was every day when I was at work during my day job, I had no access to the phone. Um, the building that I worked in, you couldn't bring a phone into. Um, very limited communications. It was, uh, it was a struggle. It, it was very difficult. It wasn't normal where you could just get a text at any time. So, so why did you yeah, decide? Was, uh, I, I know you, I, I kind of know your story, but um, you, so you were doing that. You were, you were in the military before that. You got out. You got a civilian job as a, a, a contractor for the government. So you were working as a, a, an instructor down in uh, at Softly Field. And then you, uh, you get, got into real estate. Why did you start getting into real estate? Like what was your interest there and what were you trying to accomplish? Well, so the, the thing that got me into it initially was um, I knew that I had more potential than what I was doing. Um, I felt like I was limiting myself. I felt like there was a huge ceiling um, in what I had been doing for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, even if you excelled in those areas, you'd, you'd quickly hit a ceiling. And, you know, regardless of how good or, good or bad you did in that job, you were going to max yourself out. So what I wanted to do was find something that would allow me to get to a higher level and, um, you know, not have so much of a ceiling on myself. And, um, you know, kind of the way that started I, uh, I started doing some, some research and I'm, you know, I'm big into research and, um, you know, I, I started to look and say, all right, well, you know, the people, the people that are doing well for themselves, the people that are, um, you know, creating, creating a lot of value, what are those people doing? So I started researching that, which led me to real estate. Um, and then I read, you know, rich dad, poor dad, um, like everybody else. And, I ended up finding a local real estate investors group here in Pensacola. And, uh, and I went to that and I didn't, you know, I was like, hell, I don't have any, I don't have any money to buy a house right now. I don't really know why I'm going to this, but, um, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, I got, got plugged in there and started learning from there. So that's kind of how it all started. Okay. So do you remember how, so that, that, uh, was that the pig meeting? Yes. Okay. So in Pensacola, there's a group called the Professional Investors Guild and uh, PIG, it spells pig. So a lot of uh, us, in fact, I had Ariane on the podcast and that's where we had met too uh, okay. at that meeting. So if you're in Pensacola, drop by that meeting. It's really, uh, it's a good group of guys. Um, and I really enjoy it. So um, anytime I'm in town still, I'll kind of drop in there. And so you, um, do you remember how we met? Like how did we kind of get connected? Yeah. So, um, I was, I was further behind the curve. You had already started wholesaling before I did. And, um, you know, I started getting going in it and you were already, you were already quite a bit advanced from what I was, but I would constantly like run into these little issues. And, um, you know, I didn't really know you that well, but I had, I had met you once or twice and I'd send you an email and say, Hey Bill, I ran into this today. I, I've never had this happen. Like, I don't know what to do you know, what do you think? You send me back a quick reply and say, Hey, do this. Or, uh, Hey, I got all these pictures from this house. Um, I have no idea how to estimate repair costs. You know, can you help me? You know, you'd say, yeah, I'd be at somewhere in this ballpark. So I, I constantly ask you a lot of little things over time that I didn't know the answer to. And I didn't know anybody else that did. Um, 
And based on all that feedback you gave me, we, we basically grew a relationship that way. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you were um, doing a couple deals and you had some questions. And um, so you were, it, it reminds me a lot, like uh, Nate, Nate and I did a podcast together recently and it was okay. the, kind of the same thing. I, and I don't know, at that time, I, I don't think I had a ton, I wasn't super busy. I wasn't doing a ton of deals and um, just having a, a community, there weren't a lot of people that were reaching out to me, asking me questions, very easy to, to answer those. And for some reason, when Nate was emailing me, I responded and, and met up with him and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, the same kind of situation where we just kind of built a relationship of, okay, I think in the first email you sent me, you told me a little bit about yourself, your background, being military, usually that, uh, that will get a response from me. So anybody listening, uh, you, there's yeah. a, yeah, you got to find some kind of common ground, right? Yeah. You did a good job with that for sure. So then we, um, but then I, you know, I remember the first time, so we started talking, I, um, from that pig meeting, I, I really enjoyed the networking of that group. So when I was down there living in pace, um, I got to drive all the way down to Pensacola for that group. So what I did was, you know, every, every, that's once a month, another time, once a month, I set up this kind of meetup group, uh, up in pace where I lived. Um, and people would show up, Ariane and Chris used to come, you, you would come and we'd have, you don't know, anywhere from uh, 10 to 20 people there from time to time. It wasn't huge. And, um, and I remember one time I was, I was, at the point, so that was, this was the first year that I was really kind of growing my business. I joined seven figure flipping, started doing some deals, started kind of growing that company. And I had hired, you know, I had like three people working for me at the time and I was doing all the dispositions. And at the time I was looking for somebody to do that, you know, take that, that job on. And I remember, I think I approached you about it and said, you know, we kind of had a conversation of, do you like what you're doing? Everything that you're doing? Is there anything that you don't like? What do you really enjoy doing? And I feel like we kind of landed on that, um, that dispositions role. Like you really like working with the investors, running the numbers. You don't really like going on the appointments, dealing with the sellers. Does that sound right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we had a conversation and I remember this, this being an issue for me, like wondering if it's a good idea to hire somebody who's already doing what I'm doing. You know, is it a good idea to plug in another wholesaler into your operation that wants to work with you? Because, and I hear it a lot, you know, all the people in our mastermind groups and a lot of the people, they're just concerned that another entrepreneur or somebody else that has owned a business before or wants to grow a business or something uh, may not be the best person to bring on as a contractor or an employee. And I, re I remember posting in the seven figure group, like, Hey, I have, cause I was weighing uh, between you and somebody else who had applied. I had an actual job posting up for this. And, right. um, I, I decided to, you know, to, you know, give you the job, you know, extend you the offer. So, um, and I also remember, uh, so what do you think about that? Like you got somebody else out there who's running a business or growing a business. Like why, like, why didn't you just come in, take everything that I was doing and go, you know, do it on your own. I think that's the worry that most owners have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all, we're all doing this, uh, partly to make money. Right. But I, I am much more interested in, um, I'm much more interested in making sure that I'm doing the right thing on a consistent basis. Um, I have no, and you know, you, I felt like you had taken a big gamble bringing me in and giving me the opportunity to learn from your system. And, um, you know, I didn't want to betray that. And, you know, over the last several years, you know, I've seen, I've seen 
I think every bit of your business um, ins and outs and you know, I, I've never once, um, you know, done anything that you wouldn't approve of. So I think that you giving me that opportunity, I knew that I didn't want to blow it. And uh, I knew that by doing that, I was going to not only make money, but I also got an extremely high level education, just being plugged into your company for that period of time. Do you think it's, do you think it's more about the person then? Because what I'm hearing in your answer is, um, I, I wouldn't do that. It's not something that I would do. So do you think it's more about the character of the person and kind of the integrity that that person has when you're looking at them and interviewing them? I do. I can remember the exact conversation. I can remember one of the conversations at, at that meeting in pace and, you know, you just being blunt with me and saying like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know if this is like a great idea. You being a wholesaler and me bringing you in. And I can remember thinking like, I have zero intent of doing anything malicious. Um, but, you know, me telling him that is, it's, there's no point, like, what else would anybody say? So, um, you know, I, I just needed to figure out a way for you to give me a shot. And then I could prove it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's very heavy on the person and kind of the vibe you get, you know, do you trust the person? Do they seem kind of iffy? Uh, and then go from there. So I think it's on person by person basis. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's real. It's really about kind of like the values of that person that you're talking to, like knowing the person a lot better than uh, what they've done in the past and just kind of labeling somebody. Um, you know, we did a, a podcast with Chad King, my sales manager right now, and he was doing it on his own before he started working for Mike and Bruce. And then obviously coming to us and you were doing it on your own. We have some other entrepreneurs inside of the, the organization that it can grow inside of a company like ours. And I remember conversations that you and I have, the biggest thing for you is you just didn't want to have a ceiling. The exact thing that was that you were having trouble with at your job and uh, hitting that ceiling and realizing that if I work twice as hard, I'm not getting paid twice as much. Uh, same thing with me in the military is kind of, if you want to know how much money I make in the military, just go online and you can find it. Uh, right. I could be the best. I could be the number one or I could be number thousand in my uh, position. Um, it, there's no difference in kind of pay structure. Uh, and usually they just give you more responsibility when you're really good. So they pay you the same and you have more responsibility than the other guys. So, um, so inside the company, you know, I remember when we, when I did hire you and at that time you were doing some stuff on your own, you were getting some deals and things like that. And we kind of almost like merged our two companies. You said, Hey, I, you know, I've done all this research. I've got all these kind of lists and this data and stuff like that. Do you want to just take a look at it? Do you want to use it? I, if it can help you, then, you know, you can start since I, you like I, you, you were saying like, I don't want to send any more of this mail and spend this money. You go spend this money. And I saw what you were doing. And I, w I was, I remember the, the exact moment that I looked at all these lists and all this uh, data that you had. And I just went, Whoa, like this, this guy, what this guy was doing was way more uh, of the work, like the upfront time spent and cheap uh, way to go. And I was spending the money and not the time. And I looked at it and said, I, I took a, uh, a potential um, wholesaling threat, a major competitor in the future off the street. That was kind of what was in my mind going, wow, like this guy's got some incredible talent when it comes to pulling kind of niche lists and data and really kind of I always said you can see the matrix when you look at the information and sit down at the computer. So um, so I saw that and that's why I wanted, you know, I wanted to make sure that I poured into you too. Like I make sure that, um, I, we spend a lot of time together and we got to know each other really well. I think that we built a really good relationship over the past few years inside the company. And 
you know, when it was time when the company was kind of making changes and growing and growing around you and kind of moving you around from position to position. And eventually you saying like, I remember the time where you're like, I, I can do this, I can do that. And it's like, you kind of just wanted to hang on. And for a couple of years, you know, you've been talking about trying to leave your, your full-time job. And sure. we've been trying to figure out between you and I would always have conversations about how can I help you get there inside the company. And, um, and it never happened. Like over a couple of years, we never hit that. It really, it's that kind of monetary number to figure out how we can get you there. And I was always working on like, I know what your number is. How can I get hit that and be consistent? We would be inconsistent from time to time on the disposition side where you'd make a big chunk. And then the next month we would kind of, it was, it's a roller coaster, right? Sure. So, so what I want to do is kind of fast forward to um, kind of, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on going through different positions in the company and things like that, but you were, you were one of the uh, people in the beginning first year. So we probably worked together for two to three years. Yeah. And so after that, um, we got to the point where we're like, look, we need to bring, you were doing marketing, you were doing some like niche marketing and overall overseeing the, the whole marketing side of the company. And we said, we got to bring somebody in who's like a dedicated marketer, runs, you know, KPIs, knows pay-per-click, knows Facebook, knows all this stuff and, and, and takes it in-house and basically said, look, we, want, we still want to do some, some of this niche stuff with you, the stuff that you're really, really good at and the stuff that you love and get rid of all the stuff that you don't like doing. And I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I can see the difference between when you were kind of like working for the company and working with the company as a, like a true contractor and just doing some like JV deals like we do right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're exactly right. I, uh, I like this setup so much better because I feel like I can spend my time doing the actual things that, that bring your company value. Um, you know, before in the marketing role, okay, I got to do a little bit of niche stuff like I like to do, but I also had to, you know, send out 50,000 mailers this week, which was kind of, you know, it's kind of like a ho-hum task. You know, it wasn't very exciting. So, you know, if I can get away from doing, doing those kind of monotonous tasks that I don't really care for doing that much, um, and then concentrate on the things that I'm actually, uh, you know, gifted at, that's where I can add value and getting more time to do those things. You know, the results, the results show themselves. Yeah. I think that's a big takeaway that anybody that's listening that has a company or has some people that are working for them or even, you know, is in business on their own. If you can figure out how to do the things that you really excel at and really love to do, you're going to be like incredibly passionate about what you do and be way more successful. So um, I think I'm always trying to figure that out. And now the way that we hire people, like, I wouldn't have hired you in the past to, I mean, if you're listening to this, Brian in the beginning said he was going into a secure building that he couldn't use his phone. And I hired him to do dispositions to like move our contracts, send an email and field phone calls, text messages, emails, all that stuff. Like, yeah. And looking back, I'm just like, this is, what was I doing? Like, but you did a great job at it. Like you worked really hard and your time off, you were working your, you know, when you were outside of that building, you were on all the time. So it, it worked out for us obviously, but really like now what we do as a company is really look at the individual and the person and see where their skill set is, where they really excel. And then where do they fit to make sure that they understand the job role, they accept the job role and they really love it and excel at it. And that's where they kind of will shine inside of your company to make sure, you know, that whole traction thing. We, we operate off EOS, operate off attraction, um, right person, right seat 
uh, on the team and they'll, they'll explode. So you, I think it was a little bit of kind of like searching that you needed to go through like a path that you needed to go on and a journey that we needed to go on myself and the company to figure out what that was for you. Because a lot of times you, you would always tell me, yeah, I like what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, yeah, I do. I like it. And I really feel like you found that passion now. And this, uh, this whole journey brought you back to that place. Funny enough that like four years ago, I saw what you were doing and now that's what you're doing full time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy, isn't it? I, you know, I look back at the progression of, of everything that's happened and there were times along the journey, not necessarily with you, but just in general where I was like, I don't understand why this is happening or I didn't see, I didn't see the path. And then now looking back, it's like all the pieces fell in line exactly how they were supposed to, to achieve the end result. And even though they didn't make sense along the way, all of them, um, it ended up being, you know, the best thing that ever happened. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the knowledge level to do the things that I do now without spending so much time in your company with you, mentored by you, you know, so on and so forth. So. Yeah. You know, when we're, when we're going through these times and the kind of like living it and it's a struggle or it, we're, we're being let down or there's a, there's a point where it's, it's just really hard. That's the point where most people quit and they don't push through it and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, just even talking to you about this and linking this together over four years or so, and just seeing that you're, you're, you ended up in the same place that you started pretty much. And we'll talk about what you're doing now, but the, um, the thing is you are at with a completely different mindset and a completely different attitude and a completely different set of skills that you've learned over time by moving around and seeing what we've done inside the company and growing as a, as an individual, you know, you've been, you know, reading different books, being pushed to go to different events with me to, to do different things. And that's what it's all about. Like you, you've really grown as a person uh, personally and professionally. And that's, that's one of the big things for me. And that's where we aligned a lot. I mean, you went to a, a real estate club meeting that you were like, what am I even doing here? Um, yeah. you know, so, so what are you doing now? Like, what do you do for us? And, um, what, what do you do now? Yeah. So like you said, you know, kind of going back to the roots of how I got into this whole thing, you know, you talked about me having all these different niche lists when, when I started, you know, you were in the same market I was, and my plan was not to try to outspend you because uh, I'd lose. So I had to figure out a different way to go about doing it. And the way that I did that was, you know, I had to take more time, devote more time to digging into the weeds and finding those niche lists and those people that uh, you might ne not necessarily be contacting. So I've spent the last several years doing that, perfecting it. And now I own a company called Leadsmith and that's what we do. We set up direct mail, uh, Facebook, uh, email campaigns, and we run them through to these niche lists um, for investors like you and your company. Yeah. So you're doing, you know, when I, I remember when I, when I looked into your data initially, when, when we kind of, you, you shared all those uh, Google sheets with me four years ago, I just looked at it and went, Oh my gosh, like this guy's like, like overlapping stuff. He's digging, he's, he's gotten these lists. Where did he get this list? How is it sorted? Um, you're really good with, um, with data, with codes, with uh, like writing scripts for programs to save time and all that stuff. And I, I think of you, I always talk, when I talk about you, I was like, this guy is like the mad scientist um, that's in the basement on the computer, just 
uh, more of like this kind of sniper approach versus what we're doing. We do a lot of, uh, I still, it's just all kind of big niche lists, spend the money, you know, we're a big company, we can outspend, like you said, or uh, throw a big wide net. I look at everything like where it got this big lake with a bunch of fish in it. I want to throw a net over the entire lake. And what you do is you look at this little area, like the, the sweet spot, the big fishing hole where all the fish are hanging out and just go throw a net over that little area and, um, and spend the time looking for all that stuff. So, um, so you did this for me for a while. So we just kind of said, Hey Ryan, why don't you just, um, why don't you just go drive some traffic here and we'll pay you more like a JV structure that we do. And we, what I saw was we get, um, consistent deals with, through our system it's not going to be, you're not going to be able to go huge with it, right? We're not getting 20, 30 deals. Like we, we did 30 some deals last month and three or four of them will come from you and the rest of them will come from our big stuff, right? So, but what I noticed was as we start, as you started like kind of growing this and, and, and refining it and getting better was the spreads on the deals that you got were way bigger than the spreads on the deals that we got. We were kind of going for those you know, singles, uh, $10,000, $15,000 deals where we've done some deals with you that have been close to six figures. Yeah. So why yeah. do you think that is? Like, what is it about what you're doing that provides this, this, these kind of spreads or that, 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 those kind of deals? Yeah. Um, so I, I completely understand the value of buying huge lists and, and kind of blanketing an area with the marketing. I, I think that's a solid way to do a lot of deals each month. But, you know, I, I think that when you do that, there's also some other ones that are left on the table. And why the spreads on these other ones are, are, uh, are bigger is because to find these people that are in these situations, there's, there's a barrier of entry to get the data. So you either have to know where to look, know how to pull it, know how to get in touch with them, you know, all these different pieces um, that you have to figure out that people are either not willing to do, they don't know how to do, they don't have time to do. I mean, you don't have time to do that every day. So um, there's a lot lower uh, competition in those areas. And, you know, if you get in front of those people at the right time, um, they can turn into huge deals. And, you know, <clears throat> you're those kind of deals. You're not getting into bidding wars because you're the only person there. So, uh, that, I think that's why. Yeah, that I, I agree that the difference, like with the, with the markets that we're in right now, the competition that I see, um, the equity mailers, the big list, those kind of things, you, you're, you're a postcard or a letter on top of a bunch of other ones. So we're constantly trying to compete almost, uh, on price a lot of times. And so that'll drive the price of the, uh, of the ask up. And so sometimes that, that will drive down the margins where if you're the only one talking to somebody or the only one showing up, like how nice would that be in some markets if you're the only one there or, or it's you and one or two other people that are talking to that seller. And now you don't necessarily have to compete on price. You can compete on, on value, on who you are. And frankly, I think you should be competing on that as well anytime um, on the sales side. And we'll probably talk about that on the podcast this week or next, um, the sales side of it. But I really think that it's, it, it, that's the difference. Like we're seeing these and there's people who are in some really desperate distress situations too. There's a lot of pain points and things like that that are happening here and they really don't have anybody else to turn to. Um, and, and they want to get out of, of those situations. So, um, 
and, and a lot of times, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's heavy distress or the property is heavily distressed. So some of them were fixing up and or cleaning out and put on MLS and stuff like that. So, um, and then obviously our system has gotten a lot better too. So we're able to, you know, you probably saw our, our spreads initially, our first year were somewhere around $6,000, $7,000 on wholesale deals. Now we're up around 16,000. It's really nice to see kind of how the system and process has changed over time. So and that's, and that's with a ton more competition. You know, if you go back three or four years ago, there wasn't near the amount of competition that there is today. So uh, the fact that you guys, you know, doubled or tripled the assignment fees uh, and that still be the case is, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a testament to kind of the team. And that's that's one thing that I'm going to talk about at Flip Hacking Live. We we did $1.3 million two years ago. And then last year we did $2.3 million on the same number of deals. So we made an extra million dollars based on the same number of transactions. How did we do that? It's really around the people and, and the process. And we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. Uh, I, I got a whole session on it at the event. I'm really excited to to talk about that and bring some of the team on and, and let them share. So, um, can you share some of the things that you're doing? Like we got some listeners that are doing this on their own. Like what would you recommend to people? Because I, what I find right now is we have these, um, some of the, we got like a, a kind of a divide of listeners. We got the people who are like me, who can spend, so you're going to kind of outspend the competition, can spend some money. They've got a marketing budget, equity mailers make sense, online uh, Google PPC ads, stuff like that. That kind of stuff makes sense. And then we've got the other side of the people who might have more time like you had, but they don't have any money or very little money. And really, what I, what I always struggle with is kind of what, what, where do you send those people? Like if you were starting today and you didn't have any money and you wanted to go find some deals, um, that's, that's really what my focus right now is to figure out how to service and serve those people. And you're doing it with, um, with your company for people like me and other people who can, you know, pay for a service, but what if they want to do it on their own? Like, how can they do it? Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that you can do on your own if, if you have the, if you want to put forth the time to do it. Um, you know, the biggest thing is to dig into your local, uh, your local court records and start, start seeing what's in there. Um, when you start digging into those court records, you'd be amazed at the amount of data that you can find there. And, and it takes a little bit of time to get familiar with um, you know, how, how exactly to go about finding what you need. But once you find it, you can go each day, quickly pull it up. Hey, maybe it's only five or 10 different of that criteria that you're looking for, but you can simply add it to a spreadsheet, you know, throw a letter in the mail. And over time, you build up this list that the big wholesalers in your market, they don't have that same list. And that's, that's really where the value is. So the, the court, the court records is huge. Um, that's a great place to do it. Um, you can also do, um, a, there's a ton of little things that you can do. Um, there's, there's websites out there that have garage sales and you, there's ones that list all the garage sales in an area at a specific weekend. You can go through there and mail all those. They put the addresses in most of them. You can look up um, on those websites. You can look up moving sale. A lot of times those people are planning on moving, but they haven't, they haven't put the property up and you know, those are, those are great leads. Um, you know, there's, there's so many different little things that you can do like that. You can email Craigslist, uh, people that have for sale by owners on Craigslist. Um, you know, you can go through Zillow, pull all the Fizbos from Zillow, um, create a list from that, mail them. 
you know, there's, there's so many different things you can do if you put forth the time and you just kind of think a little bit outside the box of how do I find people that might want to sell and get in front of those people in a unique way? Yeah, I think, you know, everybody talks about the, there's lots of different niche lists. There's lots of different things that you can do, whether it's uh, tax delinquent, foreclosures, um, you got code violations, lots of different things that come up that you got to think of like what, Ryan said it, I'm not doing that. Like my company is not doing that. I just, we don't have somebody in the company who's dedicated to only focus on niche lists. It's, it's not only is it a lot of work for them, but it's a lot of management for me and the like management level staff of ours to manage that person as well. So if that person already had the skill set like Ryan did to go do all that stuff, to pull all that data, to do it, we don't have to train them how to do it. We don't have to do it. Like, where, who, where are you going to find that person? Like they're either already doing it because if you know how to do that, then sending a card and going to talk to a seller, uh, you know, that's not, that's not rocket science here. Like doing this the way that like, Ryan's breaking it down as a science and making sure that it's kind of automated. So um, that's where the, that's where the real power is, I think in this. So um, just, I think, you know, the court records, a lot of them sometimes in some, some areas they're online, you can search stuff online, you can pay for a, a service and access, things like that. You can go down to the court. If you go down to the courthouse, you're going to have to find the right person. You're going to have to talk to the right person. If you don't get the answer that you want that day, go back the next day, find somebody else, ask yeah. for somebody else, ask for their supervisor, start talking about um, this. If this stuff is public data and, and there, you can get it. Like you can get these, these are public records. You should be able to get it. You might have to go to a couple different supervisors. You might have to find the right forum. You might have to talk to the right person, but you can get this information if you really, if you really want it in most places, at least. Um, assuming that it is public data, if it's sealed or closed, then they might have to redact some stuff. You might have to like really, they might give you an hour in a room and say, here, you can look through anything, but you can't leave with anything. You can't take it out. You know, you have to write it down and here's your notepad. I, I don't know. So that, that, this is the stuff that people are, not willing to do like people like me, companies like ours, the big companies, we're not willing to do that stuff. It's just, we don't have somebody on staff. It's just not worth our time. Like we're doing enough deals. So this is where the little guy beats the big guy every time, like the person. And then you're, you can, and the services that we have right now, you can skip trace them. You can find the phone numbers. You can call them. We're going to have somebody come to flip hacking live and talk about cold calling their entire strategy, break it down exactly how they do it. They're going to share everything. So, um, so Ryan, you, you said you run a company now called Leadsmith. So you do this for other investors, not just us now. Yes. Yes. We do it for investors all over the country. Um, that, you know, the, a lot of them are already doing a lot of deals. Um, but they are, they can do more. Um, they're not maximizing the number of deals they can do in their market. So, uh, we work with those investors. We do all these little things for them and, um, drive those leads directly into their business. They can do more deals each month and they can find those deals that they weren't getting otherwise while they still, uh, you know, continue to do the marketing that, that they are good at. Okay. So you, you were working for me, you stayed on with the company and then eventually you start, we started doing some of this. You started kind of JV in on these and then you went out to a couple other investors that I know you started doing some deals with them. And then like, when did the light bulb come on and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to do this. This is where I'm going to focus. Like when did that happen? Yeah. Um, like you said, I had spent, I had spent a lot of time, you know, trying to transition out of my day job into, um, uh, into where I could work for myself. And um, 
you know, this is, this is something that I did. And, you know, my mindset three or four years ago when we first met is very different than my mindset today. And, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that you had taught me over time, um, it allowed me to think differently. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that I learned was if you ever want to break through that ceiling, if you ever want to get past that limiting, uh, you know, whatever's limiting you, you have to take some kind of risk. And, um, you know, the time had come where, you know, it's time to take a risk. It's time to do this for other people. And, you know, I had, I had originally thought, you know, I could do this for you, a couple other people, you know, do just fine, call it a day. But, you know, the more I thought about it, I think it's kind of selfish to, to only think of it that way. You know, there's a lot of people that could use the help, use the service, and, um, you know, I was thinking small and, um, you know, over time, that's, that's how I changed my mind and decided to, uh, you know, start working with other investors. That's awesome. You, you recently sent me an email about mindset and you just talked about it right here. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit because what you said in there was pretty profound to me and kind of opened my eyes up to the mindset that other people might have compared to what some of us have inside of some of our mastermind groups and the, the people that we have. So get, sh share a little bit about that. Like you just talked about your, your mindset, you know, four years ago is way different than it is now. Um, and so what have you seen um, going through these last four years that might be able to help some people out there? And then um, is there anything that, that you saw in what we did together or something like that that you want to talk about that you think could help people? Like I want to figure out how we can do exactly what you said in your email to kind of change the mindset of some people of where they are and where they, where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like we talked about, I came from a military background, just like you did. And, you know, the military mindset is push through, get it done. It doesn't matter. Mission success and, and knock it out. And, and I was good with that uh, all the way. And when I, when I left the military, um, you know, I thought that that was mindset. That was, that was mindset. My mindset's good. And, um, you know, for years, I kind of, I thought the same thing, you know, I, I just thought that, Hey, the mindset's good. And then I started talking to you about stuff and you would explain stuff to me and say, Hey, um, you know, you're thinking too small. Um, you're not, you're not thinking right. And I didn't know what you were talking about for the longest time. And, um, finally, you know, I have finally grasped how important mindset is. You know, I, a year or two ago, I thought it was kind of woo-woo, you know, these people are crazy with this mindset stuff. I really did. I thought it was all BS. And, um, you know, once I started focusing on mindset and changing how I looked at things, um, it really opened up a world of, it's just a different world. Um, and I know some people listening to this are thinking, you know, there's, there's no way that mindset makes that much of a difference. But I'm telling you, it's probably the biggest thing you can have all the tactics in the world, but if your mindset's messed up, there's nothing you're going to be able to, you're not going to be able to get past these stumbling blocks uh, just simply because of mindset. And, you know, you hear people talk about mindset and they talk about, you know, you, you have um, negative feelings towards money and stuff like that. Like your parents told you that all rich people are, you know, bad people and stuff like that. I never had any of that, but I was limited in my mindset. So, um, you know, focusing on mindset, trying to improve, 
talking to people that have a more advanced mindset than I had at the time, all those things combined. I'm telling you, if, if you want to grow, focus on mindset. Yeah. I, so I agree. You said something in that email that was, that was surprising to me. You, you said that when, um, when you looked at what I was doing, so I got to like 10 rental houses making like $150,000 a year. And, and that was kind of good enough, right? You were like, why does this guy keep trying to grow his company? What's going on? And if it was you, you just would stop right there and just continue going. You would just maintain that and just stop. And that's all you need. Uh, you don't need to keep growing for any other reasons just to grow. And some people might think the same thing. Like why, why, or what are you doing? Are you just growing just to grow? What is it? And, um, so what, what changed, like, what do you see now? Like looking back, why, why did you think that way? Like what is, um, what was stopping you? From, like what did, did $150,000 mean something to you? Did you ever see anybody like, what was it? Do you think that, um, that that was like, why would you just, why would, why would you stay there? And why now are you like, no, no way I'm going to stay there. Like you how what was that light switch? Like, what was it? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, you know, once you hit 150,000 four years ago, um, I'm not saying you hit that, but I'm saying if my mindset was, if you hit $150,000, you have enough money to take care of your family. Uh, a decent way. Why, why bother trying to make any more? It would just be more headache for no reason. Um, and, you know, looking back on it, it, it was a selfish way to think um, because I was only thinking about me and my family. So the transition occurs once you get out of yourself and think, okay, um, what if I don't cap it at 150? What if I provide service help more people to reach their goals. And not only am I helping a lot of other people other than myself and my family, but, um, you know, a lot, there's a lot of opportunities out there to help people uh, in all different sorts of situations. And, you know, for me to just sit back and say, Hey, I made 150, I'm good. Uh, is super selfish. And, you know, if I can go out there and make uh, a huge impact, and then affect those other lives. I mean, that's when it starts meaning something. Um, that feeling is a lot better than making whatever kind of money. You know, knowing that, like, hey, I know that I left an impact when I die. There's no question. And if you have that limited mindset, you're not gonna be able to help as many people as you want to help. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you're saying that now, because when, when I reached that, that goal that first year, you know, my, my focus now, you're right. It was, it wasn't on me. It was on, it, it went from me wanting to make money and wanting to be financially free and be around my family and have some time back. And then it quickly became about my staff. So it became about you. In fact, like you told me, I want to leave my job. I need to make more money to leave my job. If I just parked it at $150,000, I wouldn't be working to help you do that. Like I was trying to get that company to the point where you could meet your financial goals. Not mine have been met. Now it's time for you to meet yours and DD's to meet hers and everybody else to meet theirs. Like they're part of the team. And now my responsibility turns to them. So it's funny that you say that is exactly the right answer. That is in, in, that's exactly why I did it. And now that's why you did it. And it's why hopefully the people that are listening will say, you know what, that, 
That is why I want to build a business because it's not easy. None of this is easy. Like if, look, I'm, I'm not the guy that's going to be on the podcast telling you how easy it is to go make millions of dollars in real estate because it's not, it's not, we're going to hit walls. We're going to have issues. We're going to have um, lots of things that happen that come up that we have to deal with. We're going to have people problems. We're going to have process problems. We're going to have deals that fall through. We're going to have money that we thought was going to get in the bank and it's not, we're going to be on the cash roller coaster, all of the stuff that happens as an entrepreneur. But you know what? That's what we sign up for. That's why we get paid. That's why we make a lot of money. And that's why we're leaders and we can build teams. So the cool thing now that I look back, I see this team and when I see what you're doing and I see the success that you're having and you've been able to quit your job recently, that's been like the dream of yours. And it wasn't on the shoulders of the success that my company had, like I wanted it to be, but it was on and like now in talking to you today, I really feel like I was a, a part of that impact on you that changed that way of thinking that when you got to that decision point, you said, you know what? It is time to take that risk. I'm ready. I'm going to quit the job. I'm going to, um, you know, cut the parachute strings and it's time to, uh, it's time to really uh, do this and be a business owner and grow it. And it's, that's, there's nothing that makes me more happy and excited than to see stuff like that. Um, you know, I was on a call with Didi today on our, um, on our, um, our round table meeting. We have a round table once a, once a month with the whole staff. And this was her last one probably. And she's, she called me up and said, Hey, I want to start a bookkeeping company. I want to leave blackjack. And I never thought I would say that. I never thought I was going to do that, but um, I want to do this. This is kind of my dream. It's, it's all come to fruition now. I want to do it. I'm excited about it. And I said, you know what, go do it. Like I'm not holding people back. I'm not stopping them from following their dreams. And uh, it's really exciting to see uh, this kind of growth from uh, all these different leaders that have kind of strung, uh, sprung up inside of the company that, that we created together. Yeah. And kind of take this full circle. If you would have stopped at your original goal, of 150 per year or whatever it was, like you wouldn't have had the same effect on me that you did. You wouldn't have the same effect on Didi. The people listening, you wouldn't have an effect on them. So, I mean, you're able to, you're able to provide so much more value to people and, and share, share, you know, share with others, help them get better um, and help them achieve their goals too. And I, I know it feels good, you know, to, uh, to be able to help people do that. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it's that ripple effect, right? It's that, you know, I saw it in any time we bring in a charity at, at our events, anytime we give back, anytime we make an impact in the community and our staff and the people that we come in contact with that one person that you meet, uh, you know, at church or on the street or at, at a, at a party or an event or something, you know, it's about making that impact. And those are the kind of givers that we want in our community and around us. It's, it's that pebble in the pond effect, right? It's the ripple effect that just goes out and, and you make an impact. And I, and look, I'm not here to say that um, I'm making an impact on everybody. There's, there's so many people that made an impact on me. Like the whole reason that I'm, I'm here, that we're even talking right now, that I'm running this podcast is because, you know, Justin and Andy have made such an impact on me. My mindset was the same as yours. It was, I wanted to flip 12 houses a year. That's it. But I mean, I wanted to make $30,000 a house and make $360,000, keep flying airplanes. That was my goal when I, when I joined. I never wanted somebody to work for me. I never wanted to go down that path in that journey. I mean, I remember sitting in meetings with you just like wanting to bang my head against the wall going, Ryan, like you've got to change the way that you think. Like yeah. you are just, I, you need to speak up. You need to give your feedback. You need to become part of the team. You need to tell me what you're thinking because there's gold in there and you got to share it. And I love the fact, man, now that you're, you've got this company, Leadsmith, 
it's super successful. Um, you have left your full-time job. You are making an impact on the real estate investment community. You're helping other people find deals. You know, you, I, I cannot recommend you enough to people. I know that we're one of the success stories that you use a lot for, um, for a, a company that you've impacted and now you're just racking them up. Like if the people inside of our, our seven figure group have jumped on board with what you're doing and seeing their success and them sharing what, what they're doing and, and how, you know, they're making even more money than they thought they would with a, a service like that. It's just incredible. So, um, why don't you tell, uh, just tell the listeners real quick about like what, what you do. Like, I know that I think you have, uh, like exclusivity in a market or something like that. What does it look like? Yeah, yeah. So um, we work we work strictly with investors and flippers, um, and we have one client per market. Um, if you know if the market's available, you can sign up for it. If it's uh, taken, then you'll have to wait. But uh, basically, what we do is is a done for you marketing service, and we go in and based on your exact buying criteria, you know what you know what types of properties do you want, what areas do you like. Uh, you know, what ARBs are you going after? You know, we build a custom list to go after in your market of exactly what you're trying to target. And uh, then we run marketing campaigns to those people through a combination of direct mail, Facebook, and email. And the whole goal is just to drive those leads back into your company. And then, you know, you guys handle those leads however you want, whether you do fix and flip or, or wholesale or whatever. Um, and you guys do the deals. So, so awesome. Turnkey service. You do all the work, the phone rings or the lead comes in somehow and we go to work on it as a company, right? Exactly. All right. That's pretty awesome. So you don't have to go down to the courthouse. You don't have to go talk to everybody. You don't. So if you run a company like me and you're not doing this stuff, you are missing out. I'm telling you, we get, you know, three or four deals every month from this. Um, and I don't have to do anything. You know, it's just Ryan gets paid. The deals come in, my team locks them up. And it's, it's usually, it's, it's, I would say nine times out of 10, they're not on any of our lists. They're not anywhere. You know, it's, it's somebody that we would have completely missed had we not been doing this. So um, it's been really good for us. You're mailing a lot of lists, right? I mean, yeah. I send 120,000 a month. What's that? We send 120,000 cards a month at least. If there's a list out there that, that you can buy, you're pretty much mailing it. Yeah. I'm buying just about everything. So, right. um, and, and, uh, you know, honestly, that's it. We, we try to hit every single thing. Like I said, I want to take that net and throw it on the whole lake. And the fact that, um, I don't know, I look at this, like, you know, the shotgun versus the sniper approach, right? We're going out there, you know, shooting the shotgun and we got this, the sniper taking care of any, uh, anybody that's, that we miss. Right. So, um, okay. So you're also going to be speaking at Flip Hacking Live this year. I am. Yeah. Okay. I'm and about that. I'm excited to have you because I have told you that you cannot hold anything back. So you got to <laughs> share with uh, the people in the audience. They, when they come here, Ryan speak, he's going to tell them uh, what, what he does. Like you should be able to walk out of there and either do it yourself or say, you know what? Hey, I, this guy should do it for me. And you know, I, I don't want people, it's, it's not a sales pitch. It's not, um, Hey, let me hold a few things back. It's, let me show you what I do. Let me, uh, and when you leave this presentation, you can go do it on your own. Like you can go do exactly what I'm doing. And that's what this event is all about. This event is about taking every single presentation, holding nothing back and then letting you guys take it and go do 
exactly what we do in your markets, the way that you want to do it, fine tune it, make a change, make an adjustment, but it's a, it should be just like Ryan's doing just a turnkey service. You're just going to have to implement it in your business or, uh, or if you're a solo one man show, go do it. Like, I think this is going to be one of the most powerful, impactful presentations of the whole event because this is going to affect those people that, don't have a lot of money, but have some time, or they have somebody that they can hire for cheap that has time that they can show them how to do it. So uh, if there's one presentation that you should not, absolutely should not miss, it's this one. And this will pay for your ticket price a hundred times over. Like there's no doubt in my mind that if you just watch this 30, 40 minute presentation, you can take exact, and you take exactly what's hap- what, what he's doing and implement it in your business. You should be doing deals, no problem. And on, on a low budget like not a ton of money. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. I, he, you, you twist my arm about, about spilling it all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but it's not a huge I, event. You know, we don't have, you don't have 20,000 people there. We don't, and you should, you know, we have people from all different places, all different areas, you know, it's, uh, and I, you know, look, we got, you know, five, 600,000, who knows, this is going to be people that, um, there's 30, 40,000 house flippers out there, probably another 60,000 wholesalers. We got 100,000 people. This is, a, this is a very small subset of the market. So that's why we're willing to share all this stuff, guys. If you're on the fence about coming to this event, um, you need to get off the fence and make a commitment because the event's gonna sell out, the hotel's gonna sell out, all that stuff is gonna be full. And we got, we got an incredible lineup. You know, I got, I'm looking at my whiteboard right now. I've got seven more people that I want to bring on this podcast in the next few weeks about what they're going to be speaking on. And so we've only scratched the surface of the, um, of the speakers that are coming on and the value that we're going to deliver here. So I've got about 20 speakers, a couple of keynoters, um, you know, some big headliners that are going to be coming. It's just going to be awesome. And we're going to do um, some question and answer stuff. We're going to do some meet and greets. We're going to do some, some other things on there. I mentioned the VIP access on the last call, the last podcast, we just, uh, just opened that up. So uh, if you guys have got a ticket, you'll be getting an email about that. You can spend some time with the speakers and me and my team and things like that at lunches and cocktail receptions and all that stuff. So um, it's going to be an awesome event. I can't wait. Uh, Ryan, I'm really excited that you, uh, you spent the time with us today and last minute you decided to say yes and come on. Um, and I'm glad we got to share kind of some of the things that you're doing in your journey and, and, uh, you know, your mission. And, and I, I know, I know some other things about you and some other impact that you're making, um, that a lot of people don't, and you're just an incredible guy. And, uh, and I'm really honored to be part of this journey and have spent, you know, a couple of years kind of developing myself and seeing you kind of grow and develop too. I mean, we're both totally different people than we were four years ago. I mean, if we look back to that time, it'd be pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, it would, man. Thanks so much for having me. I, I, uh, Honored to honored to be on here with you, and uh, man, I'm super excited about flip hacking live, and uh, yeah, man, it's going to be an awesome time. It is, you know, San Diego in October is beautiful. I get to spend a week there. Um, you guys should, you know, come out and spend a few days with us. A three day event, jam packed. Um, it's in San Diego, October 10th through the 12th. FlipHackingLive.com. You guys can get your tickets there. Um, if you want the VIP at right now, we just set it up. You guys can buy your ticket at FlipHackingLive.com, and then you can uh, have the offer for VIP right after that. It's a. Uh, I've got the prices as low as I can possibly make them right now, and we're gonna start driving them up here in the next couple of weeks. So get them before we're sold out. Um, get stay at the hotel. All the speakers are going to be there. I'm going to be there. Um, I mean, all the speakers, including the keynote speakers are staying there. So you're going to bump into them. It will uh, be answering questions uh, in and around the hotel. And uh, it's, it's in San Diego, right? Downtown San Diego, overlooking Coronado, right there by the gas lamp, October 10th through the 12th. 
don't wait, go to footpackinglive.com and I'll see you guys there. Thanks Ryan for hanging out with us, man. I'll see you. I don't know, like four weeks. I'll see you cause you're coming to the, the whole event. I think so. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Super stoked. Yeah. Awesome. I'll see so you there, much. buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the House Flipping HQ podcast with Bill Allen. If you haven't gotten your tickets to Flip Hacking Live to see our guests live on stage sharing all of their systems and secrets, make sure you go to fliphackinglive.com before tickets are sold out. This is an event you can't miss. We'll see you in San Diego.